In football, it's another week of doing less than the minimum. But at least Ross L's got the boys to line up correctly for a punt. We're a basketball school anyway, and for this month at least, those losses don't count. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the guy who watched three minutes of the women's volleyball game, Kevin Greck, and the guy whose Hogard hate tweets age like spoiled milk, Alex Plum. Plum, welcome back, buddy. I'm back! I'm married! Ha ha! Look at you! I did it! A new man! I didn't appreciate all the horrible things you said about my wedding last week on the podcast. Uh, oh, I saved about, the worst for now. And about me personally. Deeply, <laughs> deeply, deeply offensive. So. Well, we- it was awful. Uh, <laughs> terrible to be there. And I regret it. If all. I play some MGMT for you, though, will that cheer you up? Oh, my God. Yes. Did you feel left out? You were intended to. It definitely wasn't isolating at all. There definitely uh, were a few of us just making eyes at one another of like, we're also doing? white people. Why aren't we up there? Why aren't we out there just jumping up and down? Yeah. Uh, it was a we lovely were time. We're checking. Happy back, we were like, oh, yeah, no, we're yeah. white. We're no white. Why are Do we, we go? Sitting I think here? we go. I think we go. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening to the pod. Uh, it is... I guess a time to be a Spartan. Uh, if we could share the pod with Spartans in your life, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get a uh, podcast. You can you can follow the show on on Spotify as well, and you can of course give us a follow on Twitter at Spartan underscore Pod um, or X if you're new to the platform. Uh, gentlemen, what are we going to do this week? Greg, it seemed like you were trying trying to get in there for a joke of some sort. Do you want to get mm, to it? We being funny? Uh, no, no, no. I've got nothing to say to you people. And I've got nothing to share with the audience. I'm just here to tag along, as I always do. Uh, I do need to put in a plug, though. Uh, mm. Some of us got invited to a... I mean, we were all invited to Plum's Wedding, so not very exclusive, but only one of us has been invited to a podcast called The Search, hosted by Ali, of course. Wow. And, uh, you know, it turns out Hurtful. that if you follow the Can't Read, Can't Write canon... Uh, that's must listen material. Um, the the story continues over there. It's sort of like a derivative work. Uh, ah. Yeah, we love it. Go listen. Go seek it out. They talk about the coaching search, which we desperately, desperately need. What I would uh, say to Ali is, you will learn, Ali, uh, what happens to your listens when Kevin's on the podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> happens to us most weeks. So we're sorry now. He'll find out this week. I just, yeah. uh, I, I just want to celebrate the fact that you came onto a podcast and, and took the time to plug it after mm-hmm. the fact, because not everyone does that sort of a thing. No. Um, so, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's give a rundown. Greg, you, uh, you did the most work this week on the outline and obviously broke down the most tape. So go ahead and yep. give the folks what they're wanting for. Uh, and, tell, them, tell them what they're going to listen to. I think they'll see that that work has paid off. Uh, we'll, of course, start with the Greenwell, where football always leads, because... We hate ourselves, and we'll continue to do so. Uh, but there's also uh, some basketball, Hillsdale and Tennessee. And then there's some teams that actually win. So we'll talk about those. Then we'll go off Grand River. Maybe we'll talk a bit about 
the MSU Board of Trustees that we could put with the football team, probably. Uh, tonally, it would be more accurate. Uh, but then we'll also touch on the goings-ons of a certain uh, taping issue going down in Ann Arbor. Uh, we'll preview the Nebraska game, and then we'll take those Twitter questions. Yes! Yippee, skippy. All right, <clears throat> let's get into it. Uh, so, Greenwall football, the sport that always leads. Before we talk about the Minnesota game, yeah. Last week, um, we uh, we maybe spent some time talking about Simeon Barrow leaving the team. And I think we being... were universally uh, positive in those remarks. Mm-hmm. And understand. definitely didn't say anything bad about him. This is and... a very like after your friends break up and you talk loads of trash and then they get mm-hmm. back together again. Mm-hmm. And the first time you sit down with them, you're like, hi, everyone. Mm-hmm. How how do you do? <laughs> Uh, so Simeon Barrow comes back to the team and we'll talk, uh, does make an impact in, uh, what is ultimately a loss to Minnesota, um, does not start for the game and is no longer a captain of the team, uh, but, but is back on the roster. Um, so do we have to do this? Mm -hmm. Can we stop recording? No, (laughs) uh, no. Uh, you've done this to yourself and now you pay the piper. I'm trying to think if there's been a less fun season that we've ever done as no, Mm -hmm. there's not been a less fun season that the three of us have ever seen ever had Spartan football. Yeah. I mean, in 2020 was bad, but 2020 at least was the pandemic. There was the, the like, will they, won't they, the, how will they, oh, they'll do it poorly. Oh, they'll do it really poorly. Oh, we won twice. So uh, this is something else. No, this is worse than all of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is worse than 2016. Yeah. Well, it gets worse because we have to talk about this Minnesota game. So uh, uh, our Spartans head over to the Twin Cities to uh, to play the Golden Gophers and lose 27-12 uh, in a cold and snowy showing. Um I don't really know where to start here. And I think actually the place that I want to start is the start mm, where yeah. they were gifted yep. two fumbles. Yeah. And MSU only came up with three points on each, each go. And, and I don't think even advanced the ball in either case for a first down. I think. No, just, no, we were, we were Owen like 76 on third downs for, well, I mean, but I maybe the first half. I don't know that we converted on third down in the first half. It it was like at one point, like one for nine or something yep. on third downs. Um, mm-hmm. No, that was when I knew that the game was lost. When mm-hmm. we had those two gimmies yeah. and it resulted in those field six positions. Points. Yes. Six points. Six points. I knew the game was over. Yeah. And I, I, there was not a doubt in my mind. Even when Sam Levitt came in and showed a little spark. I was like, no, it's too late. This won't, this won't matter. Well, how could it? I mean, at that point, how could it? And we'll talk about the defense because that was actually a high point, I think. But by that yeah. point in the game, I mean, my God, where we were. Uh, you can't expect these guys. They've been out there for, at that point, 49 of 55 minutes. So what are we talking about? Yeah, I think I sent, you know, I don't want to jump ahead. But yes, I think I sent you this, the stat breakdown on number of drives um, yeah. comparison. But to, to your point, Greg, uh, generally speaking, anyway, the first drive, MSU had a time of possession of uh, 122, four plays for five yards. 
and the second time was much closer. A 50-second time of possession, four plays for nine yards. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so it'd be one thing to celebrate Jonathan Kim, but I can't. Yeah. You know, he's clearly a, a pretty decent kicker. Happy to have him on the team. But Although he missed that 53 yard. So okay. leave him on the field. Be gone. Uh, leave, leave him at the tarmac. Yep. Um, I let's start on the offensive side of the ball in, in sincerity though, because that those two were indicative of what we saw for the remainder of the game and inability to move the ball. Uh, and I think for me, the conversation has to surround Kate and Hauser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, we've we've said for a long while here, I think we were early on this, that Harlan Barnett needs to play the quarterback that you need to keep on the roster for next year. Mm-hmm. It is very clear that that quarterback is Sam Levitt. And the the differences in watching those, those two quarterbacks throw the ball, just their form. Yeah. Katen Hauser is standing up as straight as a board like not stepping into his throws, his ball floats, he's not accurate. He may know the playbook better. He yeah. may make slightly better reads, but his ability is far short of where Sam Levitt is. Correct. Sam Levitt has zip on the ball. He has some touch on the ball. He clearly has some legs that are worth exploring. Ooh, those legs. Mm. I, I just don't. Mm. And, and for a struggling team and what likely will be a struggling team next year as well. Mm-hmm. Having a quarterback who can actually run the ball yeah. gives you as close to a numbers advantage as you're going to get. Yeah. Although this week in practice, I want him to focus on one thing and one thing only, and that is diving when you're about to get hit, Sam. This is college football no. now. No, I'm going to disagree with Do not take the hit. No, disagreeing with that entirely. Builds character, and good for you. Good for you, young man. You keep taking those hits right up the ass. Listen, I want to say, because I was the original Katenhauser stand, and have, in fact, been saying to patrons of the Tin Can, both in person and passively, passively. Uh, how important it was that he be given an opportunity. Right. I, th- three games, right? This is the third game. So what are we doing? You know, he had a terrible showing. It was terrible. But it wasn't all him. The wide receiver core decided to absolutely give up. Montori Foster had one, two good receptions the entire game. No one else was worth shit on the field. Jerron Glover, a couple drops, Trey Mosley. Trey Mosley might as well just Just fucking chop his arms off. Just quit trying because you weren't there. If any one of these guys is being paid any money right now at all, they should be arrested for embezzlement. That doesn't make sense. um, There's no justification. Jay Johnson is stealing the bag. Yes, 100%. But these guys... This was not. This was a shameful performance, and I hope they keep it up because if they do, not one of them will have a fucking chance in hell in the transfer portal. Because if I was a coach watching this performance, I would say, "Oh, piss off!" There's yeah. no way. 
Um, you're about to be the one in five that ends up with no scholarship. That's that's where you're and at. That's, and, and maybe that's what you deserve because this was shameful. It was just shameful. So, I, you know, Kaiten Hauser, I, I get what you're saying. We've not seen enough out of Sam Lovett. We were saying the same shit about Kaiten after Noah's fourth game. This was This was what it was, and it was not a good performance. And, you know, at least – Kaiten is at least doing things like stepping deeper into the pocket, which Noah refused to do. Uh, you know, uh, Kaiten had a couple opportunities to run. They weren't as much as Sam, but let's be clear. Sam looked as good as he did because Minnesota wasn't playing their best at that point either. That's Everyone true. is tired at this point. Well, it's cold. No, no, that was still the first, that was still the first team. He, he yeah. got, he played most of the fourth quarter when it was a tight game. I'm going to, that, that was, I, well, tight, I, tight. Okay. Tight. Well, there was a thing that happened at the eight-minute mark that really loosened things up. Oh, didn't it? Yeah, he came in with like uh, twelve minutes left, I think, in the yeah. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So right. yeah, yeah our, Pat, Jonesy, you two weeks ago, you were like the wide receivers are fine. Keep uh, what's his name, wide receiver coach, Hawkins. Um, Hawkins, yeah. And then no, last, you said it week, last week, week, you said it again. I thought last week I questioned it. No, you did. last week, you, no, you, swung you guys, back the other way. No, Where I was are we listening right now. And you both, you both, you both said Hawkins deserved another opportunity. No opportunity for Hawkins. No, I no suit for you. No, I, I think what I said is, in fairness, he's put a couple dudes in the league and is about ready to have a third go into the league, even though he's at yes, Florida State. That's what you said. That's what. You but said. I, I did question whether Hawkins at this point in time deserves to stay. I, I mean, I don't. I don't have a good answer on that. I, you can't I, you can't coach players who don't want to play, and that now we're beginning I, that, to see players who don't want to play. So that's I, maybe the better point is that and, maybe he is a really good coach, and a he's got a dearth of he's got young wide receivers who haven't quite passed the old wide receivers. Yeah, and the old wide receivers are mid, and they're fully checked out because they're not playing next year. Yeah, and this season sucks. Yeah, and so you know, and I don't know I don't know how you motivate a team in the circumstances they're in. No, like and I don't know that you can, because again, this, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to Har- Harlan Barnett, who has surrendered. <laughs> and I think you guys both did a great job last week, by the way, of sending him up. Uh, if you could do more of the voice, Kevin, that was really rich. I, uh, I just learned it I, from the best. I, I, it, so I, I, you know, I, I, there's enough anger to go around and there's enough blame to go around. If I'm a player, am I respecting the coaching staff? Absolutely not. I don't know. It just, but, it's just shameful. All the way around, it's fucking shameful. So well, this team is missing Malik Carr, who I've been told is a oh, difference maker it. on offense. There it is. So, uh, now we know. so MSU at this point in time, at the end of this, is has the lowest points per game in all of Power 5, 18 points per game. This is, oh, this is reminiscent of the 2019 team in, in how bad offensively they are. That team, at least, though, was just bad, re- truly terrible in the red zone. Uh, can move had, could move the ball between the twenties. The ball, yeah. Um, this this team can't make it past an opponent's forty to save their life. No, they can't. Uh, which I mean, you and I don't can... know. Sorry. Which I, I guess I go back to. I, at this point in time, I don't know how you don't have Sam Levitt starting. He did play against the ones. He did have. He literally had way better mechanics on his throw, and he yeah. can run. Uh, if you only have five plays that you can run with Sam Levitt, run those five plays. So, uh, yeah, I, do I want to talk clear, about. I, I'm not defending. I wasn't saying that, that. I just to my clarify my point. I don't. I wasn't saying that Caton should start. I just want us to go easy on Caton because I think there's still good upside there. 
Sure. And I, I think what we can see now was that and maybe this is the last point about quarterbacks, at least. Uh, is Jay Johnson still the quarterbacks coordinator? Indeed, he is. Yeah. Okay. So he, Jay Johnson. I mean, there is the Japanese invented ritualistic seppuku for a reason. It was honor. Uh, it was they were duty bound. Duty bound. So please, sir. My God. My God. Um, but I think it goes to show how tight the margins had to have been with with Levitt, with Hauser, frankly, with Kim. Because if this is true, if we if we're now starting the kid who uh, uh, make it make sense, because we come out there and we beat Nebraska on Saturday at the hands of Stephen Levitt. Dear Jesus, what the fuck has happened? Well, I'm betting what happened is they set Sam Levitt aside because they were like Jay Johnson's genius offense cannot mm-hmm. be handled by a true <laughs> freshman. So then you've got Noah Kim and you've got Kaden Hauser. And you didn't yet know that Noah Kim is just going to piss down his leg the first <laughs> time someone looks at him because he had a red jersey on all the practice. So Noah Kim made some nicer passes. He won the job. And then yeah. he got in front of someone with a pulse and then vomited down the front of his jersey and went and hid underneath the uh, the bench um, with his tail between his legs. And he does have a vestigial tail. Not a lot of people know that about Noah Kim, but yeah, I'm willing to true. share that now. Um, so you, there was just no way of knowing. And now we kind of see we why yeah. Kaden Hauser didn't win the job. And now the answer is, well, Jay Johnson, uh, if you're not already, I guess, start eating glue and just dumb down the playbook. But I have a feeling you're... You'd eaten it by the palate already, my my friend. <laughs> my man. Um, and call what he can do, and that's the offense now. Because yeah. it was the only little flutter I felt yeah. in the entire game on that's offense. Right. That's right. Yep. So let's, uh, real quick, uh, Minnesota ran 64 plays in this game mm. to Michigan State's 41. Yeah, it's um, wild. That is a massive chasm. Uh, the so looking at the rushing stats real quick. Uh, Nate Carter, eleven touches, forty-four yards, four yards per carry, which is not great, but it's okay. Um, what's concerning is that Sam Levitt ran it six times for more yards. Uh, mm-hmm. fifty-six total gained yards for an average of eight point seven yards per carry. Um. Yeah, I uh the run blocking is bad. Sense. Yeah, it's not good. No, and I I got to I got to say Nate Carter at this point, my friend, stop going out into the field. Uh well, your offensive line is unable to do the thing that you want them to do because Nate Carter has one move and it's straight up the fucking middle. Is well, there that's room what Jay the calls. Is there room on the fuck Jay? I mean, this is the point. You guys aren't trying. Why do you care what Jay calls? Your wide receivers don't give a fuck. The quarterbacks don't give a fuck. And he's not trying either. So just use your eyeballs and see. Because the same thing again and again. Third down. Here we go. We've not been able to throw the ball because they won't catch it intentionally. And so now hand it off to Nate Carter right up his teammate's ass. Head in the gooch. And nowhere to go. What? So that's hard. That's hard to watch, and it doesn't make sense. And it is infuriating 
and I haven't been drinking. So I don't know what to do with it. Well, let's talk about my least favorite play. Second, hmm, this is a real quandary. Which well, is without this play, play, Nate Carter would have 10 rushes for 34 yards. So yeah. he needed it. But continue. <laughs> yeah. So I want to set the table for everybody. Remind yourself, it's still a close game. It's uh, maybe... Uh, Minnesota just scored its first touchdown. They just took the lead. Yeah, they're they're up ten uh, six at this point in time, and uh, and MSU has the ball, give or take, on the twenty five, I believe. Uh, and there's there's right. like fourteen seconds left, maybe a little bit more, maybe twenty four seconds left in the game. MSU lines up. You might be saying, "Hey, they're probably just going to take a knee, head to the locker room." Nope. No, no, no. They run a run play. And gain 10, maybe 11 yards with Nate Carter. And then do nothing. Nothing. Head straight to the locker room. Right to the locker room. Yeah. I. How did that make you feel? Okay. What's the fucking point? (laughs) What, like, what? If you want to go to the locker room, go to the fucking locker, the locker room. room. You just have to take a knee. That's all you have to do. But yeah. instead, you have one running back. You have one running back. Jalen Berger's out for the season. The other two, like, every time they touch the ball, just drop it. Uh, and clearly, no, they're not going to play. You have one running back. And he's a... You know what? Honestly, considering how bad the offensive line is, he's a fine running back. You have one of them, and you chose to introduce an opportunity for him to hurt himself. And you weren't even going to try to score. You had timeouts left. You could have run a drill. You could have tried, but you didn't. Instead, I I think maybe the only reason he gained that many yards is because Minnesota's like, what are you all doing? What are you doing? Why did this just happen? But so it is, but it's, it's not that they tried. It's that they tried and then didn't. Mm -hmm. That is the like, like uh, uh, the, I'm losing words. I'm stuttering now because it is it, <laughs> the only consistency on this team is how incompetent the coaching is. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know why you make the decision to run the play. If imagine if someone got hurt, truly, yeah, like it make no, it, it for make something. It doesn't make any sense. Yes, yeah. <sighs> Should we talk about the other thing that the coach has decided to do that just does not make any sense? Yeah. So what 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 did that what did that cut it to? I just want to make sure we've got the <laughs> the the uh, so okay yeah so it's the fourth quarter uh, eight thirty seven remaining in the game and the uh, bewitching hour of the game the, as it's the bewitching hour uh, which would have uh, put the score at who's uh, I have here. I don't know. I don't have it on the drive chart. They scored one more touchdown and one more field goal. It doesn't matter. MSU showed a little spark, scored a scored a touchdown. This is off a touchdown, I believe. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, eight eight thirty seven. MSU comes out and kicks an onside kick. Mm, this is first the time yeah. they had shown any spark on offense. Yep. They don't recover. They put 
their defense in another short field. Minnesota recovers in the MSU 46. Oh my God. And then goes on to score a touchdown four minutes and 25 seconds later. I. So let's ask this question. I want to give you a moment to just stew. We're paying Mark D'Antonio million dollars. Yeah. To stand there. It was 12, 17, 17, 12, 17, 12 at that point in time. It was a one score. So Mark D'Antonio is making a million dollars and he stands there with his right fist fully up his rectum, just fully inserted. Well, that's where the money is, Plum. That's where he keeps it. Got to keep it hidden and out of the way. I understand that he has some affinity for Harlan Barnett. But if your dearly loved pet is struggling, whether for cancer or old age or something, you put them out of their misery. Okay, why Mark D'Antonio can't take Harlan behind the old where they used to gas up the buses, just hit him in the back of the head with a hammer. Why he couldn't do that for the program is beyond me. At the very least, Mark owes it to Harlan to sit him down and say, you are a wonderful man. Your family loves you. You're respected in your community. You have failed up more than anyone in your and anyone ever but you are whatever seriously deranged if you think that what you're doing constitutes anything that could be called coaching football i mark d liked to make literary references back in the day you know he studied to be an english teacher Grips yeah, of wrath situation. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I was gonna say mice and men. So oh yes, 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 yes. Sorry, yes, yes. mice and men. Yeah, that's it. Um, that's I did have this thought during the game, and I'll share it now that this has come up. Like, what is Mark for? At the Correct. very least, have him like come up with some trick plays or something, something Anything. with some imagination. Yeah, that onside kick was lame, dude. Yeah. And I know that people have been joking about it. Like, oh, Harlan had to do it because he said last week that that's a thing that you do with eight minutes left in the game. (sighs) I think, though, I made that joke originally, and I think that that gives him, in retrospect, too much agency. (laughs) That is too much wherewithal. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing to suggest that he's that intelligent. Present. Yeah. Scheming. Like, I, I don't think there's a scheming bone in his body. No, I think you're right. I think, and that's the problem here. And I think that's why the players, I mean, I think you guys handled this really well last week. The whole like, oh, now if you guys are late to meetings, hey. You're a nice guy. Hey. And I think that's the point. Like, no one respects you, dude. I'm sorry about that, but but no one respects you. It's not tenable. It's just not fucking tenable. How did you get the nickname, the boomstick? I think you hit really hard. Where did that go? Where's that guy? He's gone. gone. Feels like a real John Wick situation. Like he, mm. he put that life behind him. Um, Give that man a sledgehammer and kill his dog. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to give someone a sledgehammer, and someone needs to use the fucking thing because this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, I. 
It, I just and also to do it to your defense. Your defense is the only reason you had a shot oh in that game. Oh my you, god! You haven't earned enough points for it. So, Greg, you have a note here that you almost wish we had Hitler to talk about, and I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good take. That was not I meant for prime time, but now it's out there. <laughs> it would save us from so much of what we've just discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things. Uh, uh, Tunmisi Adelaide uh, is also apparently no longer on the roster. Bye. So maybe we should acknowledge in all of this that like not a lot of dudes left on this team. Maybe that is an element to this whole thing. Are they playing though? Well, I don't. We we had to uh, throw the ball to Harold Joiner this game. That's <laughs> not where you want to be. That's a bad sign. We've been and they've started doing road. the uh, the 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 jet sweep with Alante Brown. I don't know if yeah, you noticed that. Alante that, Brown. Mark uh, Mark did bring that out of the the toy chest. He brought yeah. the jet sweep. Can't do any fun named trick plays, but we can do the jet sweep to a guy you've never heard of before <laughs> to the short side of the field. That's back. He must <laughs> have had another heart attack though when he saw the time of possession statistics. Yeah, because yeah. wild. Like truly wild. Yeah, what is it? I'm looking. Uh, twenty three to thirty six. Literally thirty percent, more than fifty percent. Yeah, of having the ball. No. Third down conversions: four for thirteen versus six for thirteen. That's, that's the story of the game. They converted we, two more third downs than us. We made PJ Fleck and his athleisure uh, <laughs> look, but he wears a tie. Yeah, he does. Uh, look stately. Look composed. Look professional. Oh, my God. My God. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, also, remove PJ Fleck from all lists about Oh, God. Next Immediately. Murder. What are claims. you talking about? Who could be serious? It, he has shown up on lists. And there were rumors that he was actively soliciting. I don't oh, know if that's true. Well, the good news is the calendar has turned, mm. and soon we'll all be out of our misery, and we won't have to pay attention to this team anymore. Though we'll hop, all hop back on back on the bandwagon when a new coach is hired. Yes, um, very much. So. And we'll all wallow in our misery after we lose to Nebraska this week at home. Yes. Anyone else going to that game? Just me. Oh, me. We'll go. Oh yeah, look we'll at us. Back. I'll see you there. Okay, cool. Right. We'll do a we'll do a tailgate whole thing. We'll do a tailgate thing. It'll be a Unless thing. Unless you guys told me you were doing this. Oh, that's fine. Sorry. Uh, all right. Do we want to say anything about the coaching search or no? No, let Ali do that. Let Kevin represent us in all of yep. the opinions that we have, such as they are. I do talk about your opinions on the. Thank podcast. you. You'll have to go listen to it to see what I said. Do you make at least six or seven? Can't we can't write references. Uh, yeah, yeah. I good. represent the brand. Good, good for you. Good, good, good. Thanks. All right. Let's talk some hoops. Shooting Michigan hoop. State played two exhibitions this week. One against D2 Hillsdale. Boo. Uh, yes. And then uh, just finished up today against University of Tennessee. Yay. Um, so uh, we'll take these sequentially. Um, and we aren't going to spend a ton of time on Hillsdale because... Boo outmatched opponent yeah. uh 
Michigan State, uh, I at one point in time, I think at the under 16 was up like 21-3 or something. It was real gross. Uh, but Stevie and, Izzo. Stevie! Yeah. Uh, Michigan State ends up being Hillsdale 85-43 uh, in a, a game that you could tell that the Jimmys and Joes were just different. Um, yeah. So the only things that were concerning coming out of the game were the free throws. I also have foreshadowing. Rebounding as yeah. a potential concern. Mm, big, yeah. big fucking concern. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hillsdale picked up 17 offensive rebounds. Not great. Um, <laughs> but MSU goes 11 for 20 from the charity stripe. Um, and did either of you stream this game? Hillsdale. Uh, no. I, I listened to it on the mm. impact because yeah. I can do that. I, I have it here. Wait, the Impact streams these games, not WJR. You actually listened on the Impact. I listened on the Impact because I'm here. I'm in the radius. Well, oh so a couple players had big games. Uh, Tyson Walker and Carson Cooper uh, tied for leading score, both with 13 points. Uh, Carson Cooper, the thing that stood out to me, I'm not going to take too much from his. Uh, they only credited him with two blocks, but I swear he had more than that. I'm not going to take too much from that. Uh, the noted athleticism from Cooper, though, uh, at one point in time, he had an alley-oop that like, was ill-placed. It was off to the side, almost behind him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was able to reach back, bring it around on his body in one fluid motion, and get the dunk down. Uh, we're starting to see him grow into his role. Um, Cohen Are we going to see him eclipse Mari Sissoko? That's my question. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a low bar. Uh, Cohen Carr, as advertised, uh, 12 points, uh, could have done a little bit better. Three boards, two huge blocks and assist, um, and no turnovers in, yeah, 12 points in 15 minutes. You'll take that every time. Uh, and just absolutely explosive. Uh, everyone played Jeremy fears, uh, eight assists, four turnovers. So technically still hitting that two to one margin, but you'd obviously like to see a little bit better handle on the ball. Um, AJ Hoggard eight eight to two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Tyson Walker being the leading rebounder in this game raises an eyebrow. It, mm. Tied with Carson Cooper. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Tied with Carson Cooper. Fair also, enough. how many three pointer attempts did they have? Uh, did they have? Yeah, they shot twenty four four for twenty four. Yeah. Uh, you'll see more guard rebounds is the only thing I was going to suggest, uh, depending on volume, uh, from the three point line, because those rebounds tend to go out a little bit farther, but point taken, uh, let's talk about the game that maybe there was <clears> more, have more to learn from. Yeah. 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 Could, uh, can I just say before, I think we talk about concerns and all that stuff. I hope this catches on like. This was fun. I've never seen an exhibition game like this before. Like we've covered the like, oh, MSU meets in a high school in Minnesota to play Gonzaga in an untelevised scrimmage. Like I know that that's not what we got here. We got some weird lineups and we got some real exhibition stuff. But like, dude, why not do a televised fun for like, you know, raise funds for whatever is the... The thing the, of the day, the whatever the, the day. most 
whatever the most recent tragedy is like not to downplay how sad things are. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So, so give me another one. I think you're right. This was great. I agree with you completely. Michigan state hosts Tennessee for those who, for some reason, didn't decide to watch this on the big 10 network. Uh, this was good. This, as you said, Kevin was intended to benefit the Maui Invitational, which happened in Lahaina, which is the city that was ravaged by those forest fires, wildfires in Maui some months ago. Uh, both Rick Barnes and Tom Izzo have each made 11 trips to the Maui Invitational. Uh, the announcer sold us force five times during the game today, uh, over the courses of their, their careers, which is good. That's good for them. The Maui Invitational obviously is a Fun tournament for them. It's when Izzo gets to wear his fun, and that's why you've seen at uh, Spartan Bookstore that nice Hawaiian-flavored uh, shirt. So uh, this is a tournament that they both in. A lot of backstory here. Rick Barnes was assistant coaching at Ohio State uh, while uh, for a couple years while uh, Tom was assisting for Judd Heathcote here at Michigan State. So, you know, they, they kind of would see each other. Uh, we won't go into the full story, but Graham Couch had a nice – very lovely article on the Lansing State Journal about the the history between Rick Barnes and Tom Izzo. Heartwarming tale. A nice little story in there about how, uh, through some chicanery, Judd and Tom were able to uh, prevent Ohio State from trying to poach Steve Smith. So read that. Fun, fun, lighthearted tale. So anyway, uh, the volunteers come to Michigan State and... Uh, a fun is had by all. A Bill Raftery on the call, uh, and then some guy whose last name is Onion. Is Onions. It's like they were meant to be together. They perfect. Bill and Onions. So it was fun. They were having a good old time. Routinely throughout the game, they would put the headsets on Tom and Rick Barnes and just be interviewing them while the play is going on, yeah. proving that truly no one gives a shit about an exhibition game. Uh, the fouls, Malik Hall had seven, and I think uh, – yeah, their guy, uh, Jemai Meshack, also had seven. So they didn't care. No, there were no rules, really, for this game. Um, but but I will tell you what was real. That's, Mattingly had nine. Oh, oh no, man. I'm sorry. I'm looking, I'm looking at the wrong, the wrong column. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was Meshack. Uh, but what was real was the 15-to-1 start to the game. Right. Uh, Tennessee had no problem putting up some points. And turns out we had a big problem. Doing well, that. turning the ball over was the thing, right? Oh, my Lord and my God. Uh, I don't know what the first half counts of turnovers. What I will say is we were – no, no, I can tell you. We were 17 turnovers on the game, but with nine minutes left in the first half, we'd already had 10 turnovers. So, bah. <laughs> this so, team, by the way, averaged 10 turnovers a game last season. So, for the first quarter of this one exhibition match – against a P5 opponent, not heartening. Worth pointing out, uh, Tennessee had more turnovers over the course of the entire game than MSU did with 20. Yeah, it doesn't help, though, spotting someone 15 points at the beginning Correct. of the game. Yes, no, definitely no, it's true. really difficult to do that. We'll talk about missed free throws, uh, but I, I let's talk about you guys' hot takes on the players today because there was one player and one player alone who brought me any sense of hope or joy. And do you know who he was? Trey Holloman. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck all the way off. Are you an imbecile? Did you Mal- watch the Mal- game? Malik Hall. Just, <laughs> um, okay, I'm quitting the pod. It was Jay Nakins. It was Jay Nakins. <laughs> it was Jay Nakins. And I know you're going to say Tyson Brown. Walker was that Tyson Walker had 22 points and Jaden only yeah. had 12. 
But Jaden's points were, and this is, avid listeners of this podcast know that I don't believe anything happens in a vacuum and no two points are created equal. Uh, Charity straight points are always worth the most. And Jaden Aiken's points came at critical junctures in the game when we needed big points. We needed big threes. We needed steals. We needed conversions on board. That's the most important thing. He was due for two. I mean, uh, Jay Nickens also with six assists, which yeah. uh, should not be overlooked. Um, Correct. Yeah. Uh, I do. We just reserve a segment for for the remainder of the season where we talk, where we get some Cohen Carr talk out of the way, though. Because yeah, because this wasn't his game. Wait. No, he had wasn't nine it? points in sixteen minutes. Yeah. No, no, he did have nine points. That was great. He uh, if steal a massive block. If he if he looked good against Hillsdale, this was his opportunity to see what it's going to be like playing against actual intercollegiate players. The Hillsdale game was a was a was a high school, it was a prep game. He nine was, points in sixteen minutes, it's good. No, he was unsettled, he was hurried. Oh wow. So no. I, if I were two gonna... turnovers early in the game. Yeah. I, I'm Everyone not gonna turn the ball credit. over. But I'm just I'm just telling you, this the points, the points here aren't the point. Okay, in a game, in an exhibition game, this is X's and O's, and this is for him his first real opportunity to see the competition, and he came out weathered. This wasn't it. If I was going to take Plum's whole argument and apply it to a freshman, I would actually apply it to Xavier Booker, who yeah, Booker who was worse. Booker was worse. Feels only comfortable behind the three point line, yeah. uh, and is not ready for the physicality of college basketball yet. No, and I hadn't gotten him. He wasn't the worst today. Let's be clear. The worst was Trey Holloman. But uh, but Xavier Booker was very, very, very out of his element. And listen, I don't blame these guys. They're freshmen. Trey Holloman has some splaining to do, though. Some splaining. So apart from getting teed up at an unnecessary, undisciplined overreaction, uh, when we, we had the foul call for our favor, Opponent is on the ground, tries to rip the ball out of the opponent's hand. Of course, he then gets, and they just both got teed up. This is the kind of shit, by the way, you're going to see in the regular season because this is what the referees have been instructed to break down on. And so Holloman coming in in this, and I don't know if Tom is coaching them to be a little more physical, a little more aggressive, but that kind of reaction. Did you see this, Jones? Because I don't think, because between that, that undisciplinedness, and then the foul at the end of the game, which was very clear, a very clear, unnecessary body bump of the guy pushing him out of bounds. Anyone was going to call that at you any point in the entire season. That was going to get called. Un- because no, it's that, undisciplined. That absolutely doesn't get called. That absolutely doesn't get called. That doesn't get called in the tournament. That doesn't get called in the Big Ten season. That doesn't that get was, called. That's not, this wasn't a reach, Michael. This wasn't a block. This was, he bodied the guy, nah. and the guy went out of bounds as a result. They're nah. going to call it. And, and it wasn't that guy, one guy. That guy was running out of control. Two referees called it at the same time. Yeah. When you well, have double confirmation like that, I'm sorry. Cop. And by the way, they cherry-picked these referees for the exhibition games. Let's be oh, clear. I know they, I know they picked so, them. So I'm just saying it's, it's not, it was a bad crew or something. It's It's undisciplined. It's not the referees. This is undisciplined play from Trey Holloman. And I'm concerned because two points in 12 minutes on two turnovers and four personal fouls. Absolutely not. It was Not. not a good game for Trey. No, no. Uh, I think he had a better game against Hillsdale. Okay, you should let's, shut up. Let's 
But I th- I worry that that uh, that listeners here will be concerned that we're not high on this team. I want to circle back. We spotted this team Correct. sixteen points. Correct. And and came back with uh, assertiveness, uh, with confidence. There oh, were no. mad, maddening moments of the game, to be sure. Hundred um, percent. No, let, let's and, say- and credit to credit to Tennessee. As Tom kept repeating, anytime we got close, they they figured they, out a way they, to do it. They pushed it off. No, a hundred percent. Let me just say this again: we were down fifteen to one at one point in the first half, eighteen point deficit. We clawed back within three by the end of the half. So this team's pluck, their stick with itness, hundred percent here yeah. for it. And I mean, let's be clear: Tennessee, okay, preseason number ten. I don't know; they're probably the best the SEC has. That's not saying much. So good. You would expect that. You'd expect that we can claw back, but we did. And we had metal and for a number of reasons. The other thing I'll just say as an editorial for folks who have not listened to me particularly opine on basketball is that I'm never high on this team. Never I have, happy. I have to be very, very angry all the time. It's the only way the I can make sense of, Tom Izzo. of the universe. So it is, uh, I apologize now. Uh, listen more. You will come to appreciate this or you won't. <laughs> uh, uh, but I will also say we. I think it's fair to have a conversation about AJ. Uh, AJ had 14 points, which is great, but only two assists, three turnovers, um, and on four for 11 shooting. Yeah, yeah, and uh, had had a big taking, three at the end of the game. Kind of forcing. He hit the big three, but other than that, he kind of forced it at the hoop in ways that we know that he can do. Yeah, but it it wasn't productive. No, I, and and I wonder to a degree. You know, Tennessee's a a big team. Like they're long uh yeah. longer than most teams that we're going to see um you know second game of the season how much maybe that mattered i don't know uh but you know plum will be happy five from five from the charity strike but they, there just seem to be the assists are what's concerning to me because that is um, that's his game that's his game and that's where that's a leadership thing and at the end of the game when we had a chance to try and come back uh, and and take the lead or tie, I forget if they were up by three at that point in time. That would that final the final play. AJ had two guards that were open from about the three quarters court line with a min or with a second and a half left in the yep. game. Yep. Enough time that they could have gotten to half court and taken a shot. Yep. He instead chucks it to a triple team to Malik Hall. Yeah, in a decision that I I don't I don't know. Well, and let's let's be clear, Malik Hall was not having his best night. Three for nine from the field, oh for one from behind the three. Um, you're right. This is a leadership question. But eight for ten on free on free throws. Yes, and no, eleven I mean, boards. We'd love to see and a seven personal fouls. No, no, no. I'm and not coming. Listen, I'm not coming for Malik Hall right now. I, I we can talk about this, no, the shooting later. Malik, Malik was sloppy. He, uh, the seven personal fouls was concerning. Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. But again, and, and this is where this is why these games don't count because it's impossible to know. Like, how would one really comport oneself here? Um, but we got to go back to AJ because those, that four for 11, let's talk about what the 11 were. Okay. The 11 were the same. Well, with some exceptions, it was a lot of those 11 were the same drive. It was this drive into the paint and this off the fingertips layup. And they all were in and out. Not one fucking fell. I don't know how. You have a guy, and this, by the way, season over season over season, who is more consistent at failing to lay the ball up than A.J. Hogarth is. We 
we have won national championships in the universes where even 50% of those layups fall. So I, I don't know how to make sense of it other than to say, AJ, stop shooting the ball, you dumb son of a bitch, and pass it to someone who can because that was infuriating. Also, the mid-range jumper. And that's where I, of course, had to take to Twitter. And then, of course, he made that delightful three. And either he didn't yeah. tie it, but he brought us with him one. And then I was like, oh, God, help us. So anyway. Did he make it from his normal spot on the floor? No. It was, it was slightly it was slightly Just askew. Just slightly askew. Okay. Yes. He's, yes. he's got to be straight on most of the time. And now he can be yes. slightly askew. He was I, close. I will say, I got a question for you guys. I talked to some people at the game and they said one of the strangest things was they hadn't experienced this in years. Didn't smell like wet hay in the Brussels yeah. center after yeah. this. It game. did. It did at the Hillsdale game though. It yeah. did. It did. There was like Hillsdale. a, a waft an, of an wet odor. Hay yeah. That uh, moved yeah, yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, are we going to find ourselves really missing Joey Hauser? I, all right. Two season? things, two things on that because we will at the free throw line. Absolutely. hundred yes. percent. But I had a moment where Carson Cooper was trailing, was the trailing man, and got into the three-point line. And I went, for those who can't see, I'm holding the fingers up for a three-point shot, thinking it was Joey Hauser. Yeah. I saw a gumpy white man, and I was like, this is, this is, it's going this in. is in. This it's is going in. in. And, then I, and then I realized, oh, oh wrong he's guy. Here anymore. maybe never in his entire career attempted a three-point shot. Well, I, and he knows better, which yeah. I celebrate him for knowing better. But yeah, he, I do, uh, we will miss Joey Hauser. We like, will miss I, Joey Hauser. Tyson, because this was also a game that Tyson Walker, uh, eight for 19, ended up four for eight from three point lane, which is great. But like for a while, it just wasn't there until it became the Tyson show at the end, which you, you love to see that he still has that. That's still a gear we have. Yeah. But um, Joey was just so steady, just yeah. so steady. Yeah, because um, it's it's basically last year's starters. With now Malik Hall doesn't come off the bench. Yeah, and then we have this like very exciting freshman class, and that is the makeup of this team. Yeah, because let's be honest, Trey Holloman's not making an impact here. I don't. Uh, I I want to be wrong. Let me be wrong. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and predict that I I agree. Trey had a bad game. But I, I stand firm. I think Trey is going to be important on this team. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What do we yeah. think about this minutes distribution? Is this what we're going to see for the season? Largely. I mean, that is, that is, this is, you folks will remember from last season. Uh, through January, the erratic, democratized distribution of minutes did not portend success. For this team, I think. Oh, you know we're gonna see it. Oh Lord Jesus! But listen, if they can find rhythm, and this is ultimately back to Jones, your point, I think, around leadership. So then you have to have guys like AJ and Tyson and Malik who are able to then to keep rhythm through all of these different permutations of what's happening on the court because the rhythm interruption is going to be profound, Uh, and that that concerns me because I, you know, I I still maintain that AJ is not a natural leader inept as he is throughout so much of his history in this program he is my least favorite spartan and yet as this this is so true but this season will be is entirely contingent 
on AJ Hogarth. I don't know. Josh Lingford exists. Uh, Whoa. (laughs) Uh, Cohen Carr uh, at 16 minutes. I I do think we're going to maybe see Cohen get up to 20 sometimes because they say he's playing at the four as well. And if Xavier Booker's not seeing minutes, then I suspect Cohen's going to creep up. Uh, mm-hmm. And I suspect that Mahdi clock in 19 and, and Carson Cooper clock in 15. I that think will. That, that flips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Mahdi might start all season. Uh, you know, that's fine. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and in the game. Time. Yeah. In the game, though, I, I will also say, well, two things for Mahdi. The one shot he made was a move that I'd not seen him make before, which was sort of a, a bit of a bit of a fadeaway mm-hmm. um and he i think now is uh let's double check here but i think he might be uh nine for wait where is he at five for five three for four so he's uh he's eight for nine from the stripe this season Money. so like Monty might have developed a, a teensy bit of a shot so if he's able to start actually executing on that in game Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is an opportunity for him. So, well, we don't have basketball this week, but <laughs> encouraging. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fun season. I think that's where I'm at. Is this is going to be a lot of fun this year? Hundred percent. We are going to have a good time, and there is a ton of upside here. This game showed it to me, at least. Again, the drive, the pluck, the stick with itness, the willingness to come back to try hard is always having fun. I get that it's an exhibition, but you can tell that he is a little more lighthearted about this team. Um, and I don't know if it was because when the camera came to the huddle and, and well, I don't was, know. He, he reamed out Xavier Booker in the Hillsdale game for not getting a, a rebound. Well, and like, he pulled Tyson Walker aside and pulled his pants down and spanked his bare ass and they had to blur it out on the, on the cameras. Did you it notice was, they, they kept turning the volume down for the bullshit uh, yes, chance? Yes. I was yeah. like, BTN, stop. Just, just stop. stop. It. Just Arbasol doesn't care that much. Just Arbasol. <laughs> no but shave America. I will I will no say for Arbasol. uh for to Plum's earlier point, for folks who we well, we we certainly have a ton of new listeners. Uh I, I think we do bring a bit of the same energy that Izzo brings to his own team, which is to say that we're not ever happy, and it's because fo- basketball might be our favorite child. Uh, and so we need to push them to success. Uh, different children, and, different expectations. Mm-hmm. And this team in particular, for those who are along for the ride, I think our expectations are the most we've certainly ever had since we've been doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. me, well, that first COVID year, the COVID year, the cash is shut down year. Yeah, yeah. But even then, that team at times... Got well, a little lost a in the woods. Tragedy that happened at the very beginning of that yes. season that mm. colored yep. our expectations. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Um, but I, I think even still, as as incredible as Cassius was, and you would love to have him on any team. Yeah. Any team. But that there's the 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 crew here, the cast is so much more than even that that team had. Um, 100%. So. Should we talk about some other teams that have the right stuff? Yes. Uh, So quick shout out to uh, Ladies Cross Country, which has now done back-to-back Big Ten championships. Uh, Women's Cross Country just crushing it in the Big Ten. Congratulations to you all. Uh, And then women's volleyball. Leah Johnson 
slays a demon, uh, takes down number 13 Penn State in the first win against Penn State since 2013. That is mm, it's a big a 10 minute. years. Yeah. 10 years. So I think I, I think I saw 16. That's 16 matches that they had not or yeah, matches that they'd not beat Penn State in. Rough. That's pretty incredible. That's great. And, yeah. you know, a match that everyone got to see if they hated themselves and left the TV on the Big Ten Network after the Minnesota MSU game. <laughs> I'll say the Brez looks good uh, with the... It does look good. It is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, wait. Did, no, wait. Could they have played it? How They couldn't have played it there, right? Why not? It was Saturday so. night. Yeah, yeah, you can... It's just the floor. Oh, it was Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought it was right after the basketball game for some reason. No, um, no, 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 no. You're right, you're right, you're right. Like, days have been a blur. Yeah. Um, so much losing has happened. Um, oh, poor guy. Speaking of so much losing has happened, should we cover this first bullet off of, off of River? Yeah, should, can I give a quick plug for uh, listener Mike Jones? Yeah. yeah. Plug him! Plug so, him in! We love him. Uh, I think we mentioned last week, listener Mike Jones, uh, a kind distributor of fine spirits, uh, hooked me up with some some alcohols uh and i want to give a shout out to the amador whiskey company ah. i'm drinking a double barrel uh kentucky bourbon whiskey finished in chardonnay barrels wow and i'll tell you what like there's a little bit of that i'm not a chardonnay fan but there's a little bit of that buttery in in the whiskey that makes it really refreshing kind of clean like it's it's nice daddy likes uh, it's a it's a sharp bottle coming in at eighty six proof, forty three percent alcohol by volume. Um, but you wouldn't you wouldn't know you got a little bit of elevation on that. It's it's delightful. So Amador Whiskey Company, really good looking bottle, gentlemen. You would agree, good looking bottle. Reason to have it yeah. alone is just for the bottle look. Speaking of bottles that look good, got to put in a plug uh, as we're on the subject of whiskeys for Fox and Odin out of uh, out of Holland, Michigan, ah. who has a. Uh, an American, an American. Uh, is there uh, is there a nickname for, for this distributor? It's the Fox and Odin, and oh, with a okay. really handsome fox on the uh, label. Uh, there are four varieties. There's bourbon. There's a couple of whiskeys. Uh, there's the American single malt, which is what I have here. That's why I can't come up with a name. And it is. It's. It's got some juice. Uh, distilled in Indiana, but bottled here. Uh, pick it up. And it is quite the bottle to have on the shelf. It looks handsome. So uh, thank you, Mr. Mike Jones. Handsome. Very good. Handsome. Very, very, very good. <laughs> All right. Let's head off Grand River where we are definitely going to have to have a bit of a drink to talk about this. Mm, my god i don't even know Ooh. how to do this no like truly so I, I i don't think we need to belabor this because we spent a lot of time last you week did. covering the the drama that's happening at the board of trustees um but it is uh, for those who are invested it, it, which i i hope as fans alum employees of the university that you care about this stuff uh we went from embarrassing to get out of my room mom like this is horribly embarrassing yeah mm -hmm. uh so the board had a meeting and greg you live streamed it to the extent that i could because it was like four hours long <laughs> did you have uh, did it feel like watching the scott's tops tots episode at some point it like you just was so cringe have those vibes um also uh 
people that are still on the swimming kick need to read the room. Like <laughs> it's not happening. And also it's just not a, appropriate. Like there's other stuff going on. Um, so Reema Vassar defended herself. There was a whole thing where her husband showed up. Brianna Scott melted down. And I think it, what, it, it, a real she did meltdown. that I, that you are underselling the meltdown. It was embarrassing. She didn't talk like a professional. No, she well, she cried. And I, you know, I, 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 the crying, the anytime elected officials who cry should be tarred and feathered. Okay, we got to bring back tarring and feathering. You can't cry while you are performing your official duties as an elected representative of someone. Well, speaking uh, of performing, Dennis Denno tries to interrupt everything <laughs> and put up a vote for releasing the Nasser document, which is just, they're just a football now. I think we've lost the entire they, view they, of what they are, why they're why they exist, yeah. why they exist. I think it's just release the documents with no other like context. <laughs> it, it's, it's people are yelling right now, release the documents. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that is a, basically what he said. Uh, don't forget about me yeah he's a wholly unimpressive person um really what sums it up what you need to know is pat o'keefe leaves the board thank god the speaking of people that aren't impressive like truly the worst maybe the worst trustee that we've ever had in the history of the board and the governor uh appoints his replacement in this case sandy pierce and in who is by the way who is impressive by the way And in her comments, she said she was embarrassed, embarrassed by the conduct of the other people on the board. Yep. And that is and do you know why? all you need to know. And do you know why she was embarrassed? For folks who don't know, Sandy Pierce is, I don't think she was the CEO of Huntington Bank, but she was some very high level C-suite. She came in off of a merger that yeah. Huntington had. At some point. She is a highly highly respected and sought after financial services executive who Detroit is lucky to have. Sandy Pierce puts the pro in professional hmm. and look what I did there. And uh, she's the real deal. So when and this woman, by the way, has been on more boards yeah. than God. So when she says she is embarrassed by your conduct, there is one response. First, Sandy Pierce owes it to herself to resign. She should she should resign. She should just resign and be like, listen, Gretch, I got you, sis. I know you were trying to do a solid for your alma mater. I am not going to have my reputation smothered uh, by these people. Which is what happened with Nancy Schristing. Schlichting. Schlichting. Yes, the former CEO of Henry Ford Health System. Yep. Uh, another person, highly, highly regarded, highly sought after, who was like, deuces, yo, no fucking yep. way. Um, Gretchen, the, so the governor of the state of Michigan has the legal authority to remove, for cause, or probably for any reason, any member of any elected board, uh, school board, of these three, I should say, university boards, there, there's some rules spelled out in law, but yeah, basically- They have to like, not live up to their- yeah, which, frankly, at this point, you could make the case. Yeah. And and she needs to. Every single one of them needs to resign and or be removed from the board. There is not one left who has any credibility. There's not one. And by the way, I know 
personally, at least one of them. And so it's painful to have to say, but there is no, there is no one can be redeemed. The rot is total. The cancer has spread. It is stage seven. There's nothing redeemable about these people or their service. And I guess that's my point. They're no longer able to be of service. There is no one, no new president. There is no alumnus, alumna of the university who can look at the school and its leadership today and say, I trust that the school is in good hands because of these warring factions and the this and the that and the infighting and the letters and the speeches and the crying and the defending. Rima Vassar, horrible, inept. Brianna Scott, horrible, inept. No, this, this isn't an either or. They're both horrible and inept. And Dennis Denno, horrible and inept. Uh, I, I don't fire Byram. Gotta go. All of them. So just all of them. Release them all and appoint. Is it seven, nine? I don't know how many of them. Seven, I think. eight, because it should be an even number, right? Oh, because that makes sense. Oh, Jesus. Well, oh, these Lord governing God. bodies aren't designed to like actually vote they're meant to be a rubber stamp yeah like, they're not designed yep. for when yep. the shit hits the fan yep and they melt down we're seeing it now um my god it's it just like a complete complete and total mess. last month brianna scott asked the board what are our goals and i should have brought this up before uh before her huge meltdown but it's like you know what your goals are the goals are in the bylaws. It lays it out what your job is. You're an oversight body. That's it. Well, there that's are it. no personal no goals, goals for you. There's nothing you, you do. Be the chair of certain committees and all that stuff, but your goals are laid out for you. You don't follow your own personal agendas. You are a governing body. That's that. Stick to it. That's it's job. simple. But they in, inject themselves in everything. You hire you hire the president of the university, and that's the only person that you supervise. They're the only person that you communicate with. And the president, it's like an hourglass. Mm-hmm. And the president is in the middle. They are the they're the chief executive who you have hired and delegated all of your managerial authority to. Okay. The only other job that they have, by the way, every number of years is to come up with a new strategic plan. And by the way, the president and their staff has actually done the legwork for you on that. That gets handed off. So that's it. You ratify the strategic plan and you hire a president and then you watch them and you, you, you monitor their metrics to the strategic plan. And that, that's it. That's your only job. And for that, you're paid nothing, but your mileage is reimbursed and you get to go to as many athletic games as you want and have really good seats. And that's it. That's the gig. Great gig. Great gig. Can be. Great gig. It's easy. You understand that they should inherently be a reactive body. They're reacting to the information that's presented to that them. That the president gives them. That one person. You don't look at the news. You don't look at, you don't look at anything. You do, look at the president and you judge the president on the merits. And if the president's doing a shit job, you'll find out. You'll find out because the, merit, because the, the metrics will begin to tell the story. That's it. And maybe, and maybe Stanley Dunn was. Maybe he was. He's not living up to the to the to the mantle but like the the way that that all went down was a disaster if he wasn't you fire him yep unanimously 
And you don't idea, let him resign. You don't let him resign. You don't let him light that that cocktail and throw it behind him. Um, just a mess. Oh, just. it is. It is. It's. I'm. I'm going to say it again. It is unsalvageable, and and I'm not saying that every person on the board is a corrupt, unworthy, bad. Li- that that's not the case right. um, at all. In fact, I think that there are individuals of good heart and good intention it and could be, no, you could noble even make the intent. That they all think that they're trying to act in the best. Okay, they all they, no no they all definitely think they are, but that's because half of them are insane people. Correct. But there are there are a few, there are at least three that I can think of who are good people in their heart. And my point to you all is, it's too late. You can't do anything. You don't have a majority. The common sense people don't. There's not a majority here, and so it's irrelevant. You you you're the only thing you have left is your dignity, and your dignity must compel you to resign because that's the only way large enough action can come. Because listen, if good, if the good, if the three, two, three good people leave, Gretchen Whitmer has no choice. She literally has to put the rest onto a plane and just send it somewhere. The Bermuda triangle, I guess. Uh, and that's the end of it. Maybe Rima Vass would be happy if like Gretchen Whitmer just set up a private jet and they could, they could just take her on rides. Attaboy. Maybe that's all she wants. Attaboy. Well, we didn't get to the part where a resolution was introduced uh, to uh, to remove Rima Vassar, and it did not receive three votes, which is to say that it was two or one. Um, and if we know that Diane Byram put that forward, and, and we know that Brianna Scott can't talk about this without <laughs> crying, we know who those two votes for, and we know all the rest of them. Mm, it's yep. good. So, really good. yay. All right. Now we can talk about U of M. Uh, so we're going to get less upset about this. <laughs> yeah. One day. Uh, so we learned some more since we last chatted, uh, U of M, uh, it was reported by ESPN. Uh, it has been confirmed, I guess, but at least by one source who remained anonymous mm-hmm. that they were, uh, paid to attend games yeah. on behalf of U of M and film opponent sidelines uh, the Washington Post has also received information um, that a third-party firm, it's unclear how or why this firm was contracted with or what they were contracted for, uh, but discovered that Michigan this season alone has it spent at least $15,000 to pre-scout uh, its opponents and steal signs. Our understanding is that uh, the method employed at least by one individual was to film via an iPhone and then upload to an iCloud account that, that, uh, later on, uh, it's unclear who, but at least some of the coaches beyond Connor Stallions were able to access this information. Um, so, so it's good. Yeah. Uh, and that, uh, TCU apparently was informed also before their game with Michigan last uh, last season in the college football playoff about uh, Michigan sign stealing scandal, which Michigan fans will for some reason say, well, this just goes to show that if everybody knew about it, then clearly it's not effective as if having to implement 50 whole new signs in one week versus a month is different. Yeah. 
I think well, also we're starting to see maybe how this firm caught them. Because if you know they're going to be at all these games, you can kind of figure it out. So then you just put someone else in the stands and keep an eye out for the dude with the iPhone. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hack their stuff. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You can just put someone else in one of those stadiums to find that guy. There's your proof. There's your evidence. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of take it from there. You find out who they're talking to. And yep. Connor Stallion's Venmo is public. So not hard to figure it out. Yeah. Uh there's also, it, it's just worth, I think, putting a pin in because I think this becomes a, a much bigger deal in terms of as we explore consequences for the University of Michigan. Uh, there's at least some folks, there's some rumor, we'll keep it at rumor. So this is not authoritative versus the things that we just talked about, which are well-sourced and well-reported. Yeah, But there's some indication that maybe U of M was tipping off other teams to influence so, outcomes so they of can other influence games. who they might play in the future yeah again which, which worked out really well for them by the way if you're, really well. if you're tracking what ended up happening in the games that they played mm-hmm. um yeah the tcu game is particularly damning considering how good their defense was last year mm-hmm. uh and then just gave up 51 points or what nowhere. kirby smart said about this whole thing of like i don't know i didn't see any evidence <laughs> yeah so that was the most like insulting like thing. <laughs> uh, and of note, this uh, we're we're recording Sunday night, so there's there's I'm sure more to be learned. But per the Wall Street Journal, the University of Michigan has pulled Jim Harbaugh's contract offer. Uh, Greg, you and I were talking earlier in the week, and you know Michigan has a bye week this week. Um, I have a real hard time, really hard time. There seems to be, in my mind, enough evidence now that something that was clearly against the rules was occurring in his program that advantaged his program. There were enough coaches on the sidelines holding cards that had the other team's hand signals on them. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you are the University of Michigan and you permit him to go out on the field next Saturday. I mean, I know who we're talking. I know who we're talking about, right? They're gonna, but like, and and I I think it's worth revisiting because because folks have asked this to me, why this is a big deal. First of all, first of all, not from a challenging standpoint, just like trying to understand. Oh, Um, first of all, it's a big deal because it's it is the rules. Yeah, like it's what everyone's agreed to. Um, and so if you're doing something that other folks aren't doing, then, then that, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're doing that, then it's a player safety issue because as we discussed, uh, you can, you can hit a lot harder if you know where the play is going. Um, and, uh, the, the other component of all of this is what we just talked about switching signs that, that the NCAA permits each school 25 hours a week to spend with their players. Right. 25 hours to instruct on football. If you have to spend your 25 hours switching your signs every week, then that's time not spent coaching football. Mm-hmm. Or the alternative is, as we saw against Michigan, and this is why we lost, uh, the quarterback has to run to the sideline to get the call and then run it back in. 
which is fatiguing. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Mm-hmm. And it, that I think is why that accounts for 49 points. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we, it is, it, I don't want to credit this individual too much because he's a piece of shit, but, uh, <laughs> uh, Zach Smith, who uh, is the one who led to Urban Meyer's downfall because he was beating his wife and, and, uh, and Urban knew about it and didn't do anything. So real piece of shit, but did break down the film between the Michigan Rutgers game and the Michigan, Michigan state game and noted that a big difference between the two times was that Michigan routinely in their operation had to look over to their sideline for everybody and get the play call in because they didn't have the signs anymore. Um, so obviously it didn't end up being a change because we're shit. No, it did. I established that and backed it up with facts and logic, but well, we didn't score. We didn't put up 49 points because our quarterback had to run. That's that's tired. Yep. But JJ would have put up a lot more points, right. I think, if, if he didn't have to look over to the sideline with the rest of the team. Anyway, it's not great for you, Ben. It shouldn't be. But I, I don't know that we're going to see this season consequences. There should be. Uh, the rule is also important for TV reasons. If you're having to spend time coaching signs and less coaching on football, that's a less desirable TV product. And that's like, what matters the most. Well, I, I mean, we understand now. Yeah. So should we take some Twitter questions? Gents? Yeah. Let's, oh, wait, we got a preview Nebraska. Okay. Let's all vote. We don't. Or you know what? What would be more fun? So Nebraska's just beaten Illinois, Northwestern and Purdue. So I have no faith that we'll win this game. Let's all go around the horn and speculate how we will wildly embarrass ourselves in this game. Uh, I'll go first because I proposed this. Uh, I bet that we are competitive in some way. However, a special team's blunder at the end of the game will cause us to fumble the ball. Nebraska will return it the entire length of the field. And then our team will just, every single one of them, Paul, I'm taking this from you, will produce a katana and commit seppuku on the (laughs) sidelines. And we'll have to take them all out in body bags. bags. That's how I think we'll humiliate ourselves this week. Who wants to go next? I'll speak. Oh. Uh, okay, no, go ahead. You don't know. I like this. Uh, uh, so I actually, I have more optimism. I think it is the end of the game. We've won. It's ours to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they're feeling so bold that they feel bad for Caton. They put him back in. Oh. It's Caton's job to take a knee. And he botches the fucking snap. And they pick it up and they run it back for a touchdown, win the game. Oh my you god, done, you, you could have done that with Noah, and then like something with his vestigial tail messes it up. Uh, well, the thing nice. is, Noah didn't travel to Minnesota. No, he may not be here anymore. Um, no, this is a ooh, yeah, yeah, or no, he's out anyway. Maybe he traveled. I don't know. No, he did not travel. The indignity of the indignity of the reverse. Oh, he has trouble with the snap uh, at against at home against Nebraska is its own special hell. I think that's that was painful. Um, in my scenario, uh, Jay Johnson uh, castrates himself in the middle of the field at halftime, and we and- win. And we win. Is fetch with Zeke with it? And, uh, <laughs> and the team 
the team because they are so inept. Uh, don't clean up the mess. And uh, Stephen Levitt trips on it, Sam. breaks his Sam whatever, uh, breaks his leg, and uh, and this causes us somehow to lose by two. So that's it. Interesting wrinkle in all of this. The last time we hosted Nor- uh, Nebraska at home, we won because they tripped all over themselves. Yeah, that that. <laughs> That, that the punt, Scott Frost blamed their correct. special teams for punting correct. the wrong way. Yeah. But the shoe is going to be very much on the other foot this week. I just, I love that we continue to give these coaches, PJ Fleck, uh, this guy, who's in a Matt Rule. I'm not going to say it. It's now Matt Rule. Um, are going, or just, they're all getting P5 wins. And we will be, I think, Maybe the only P5 team this season who will not have a single P5 win. It could be. We're trying Trending to go that direction. that direction. Yeah. All right. So for Twitter questions, first from Mr. Erotic Pants, can you give me a rundown of all of the excuses and pretentious bombast pushed out by Harbaugh and the other weasels over the last 10 years? They've never sounded more rich. Okay. First, his name is Uncle Helge. Uncle Helge, please. Helgi? Nope. Helge it is. I think my all-time favorite is no one does COVID better than us. They should send people here to look <laughs> at how good we're doing COVID. And then they used COVID to skirt games in addition to just mass breakouts. Correct. So I think right. that was like, it's it's like a deep cut, but that is some peak University of Michigan mm-hmm. activity right there. That's right. Uh, next up from Uncle Helge, even the, la- even the first... Two turnovers and three pointers failed to get a physical reaction out of me. What about you? Hashtag checked out. Is three pointers basketball or is that football? Does it matter? (laughs) I think uh, on that second drive, that second three pointer, Mm -hmm. I stepped away for a second thinking Mm -hmm. that the Big Ten was Fox and that they were just going to cut to commercial. But the drive was so short lived that, uh, that I missed it. And and I think that's when I texted you all that uh, yeah, that PJ should bad. say afterwards that I was really worried there, but they're too they're inept yeah. Yeah. for yeah. it to have really mattered. Yeah. Next up, Matt Wiggins. <clears throat> My parents, brother, and sister-in-law are coming to town from Philly. Ah! Hey. All right, pandering. For the Nebraska game, which Caribbean island should I visit for the weekend <laughs> while they're here? <laughs> <laughs> daily directs from detroit to san juan so might suggest puerto rico is there uh, a hurricane coming because i would just find that it might be yeah. more thrilling. yeah fair just deliver yourself to that next up real uh, mike jones great though which again i'm gonna plug the amador whiskey company uh chardonnay same yeah. apparently same longitude uh 38th or sorry latitude 38th latitude uh napa and uh kentucky Buttery, buttery whiskey. Yuck. All right, real Mike Jones uh, asking the fake Mike Jones, since when is the eight-ish minute mark the time to defend and kick on sidekicks? It's not, Mike. It's uh-huh. not. There, n- never, never, ever, ever. No, no one thinks that unless... Plum, here's the thing that I was thinking about. Hmm. What's the... What's the conversion percentage on an onside kick? It's got to be less than 10%. Like, right. I mean, it is, it's better than a Hail Mary. 
Otherwise, they'd call it the Hail Mary kick. But, like, <laughs> we're in God territory at that point in time, right? Like, act of God territory. You need a bit of luck. You need speed. Like, I... there's Someone must be able to find the stats on this. Uh, well, so I don't know if this is NFL. Uh, I don't know if this is NFL. What is this from? One report, the Mile High report, it's got to be NFL. Oh, it is, NFL. It says 45% chance that your team gets that, the ball back at somewhere around your own 45. Now, that's the NFL. So, and that has not been my experience in no, watching onside it, kicks. And that's Super Bowl. Onside kick success dropped from 21% to 6% after a new rule, but this is NFL again. So more recently, the, the percentage rate has gone way down. So uh, in college, I don't know. I know this is not why people listen to watch. 23.8 listen to is 23. what. 23.8, uh, yeah, there it is. So one in four, roughly, I don't. So you have to ask Harlan, with eight minutes and 37 seconds left, did you need to do it? Well, hold on a second. This 24% also assumes, um, let's just say, a mediocre special teams unit. We don't even yeah. have a mediocre special teams unit. So this is, again, where Harlan Barnett, do you think that Ross Ellis is competent? Do, because what? So this is, this is why I say there's, there's no chance. You could kick 100 onside kicks. We would recover negative four of them, uh, we, it, that, which would be us recovering four and then fumbling it immediately. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, hate that for us. Kevin Grek, next up from Mike Jones. What percentage of this roster is gone when the new coach takes over? Are we thinking less than 10, 11 to 25, 26 to 50, or are we going full Dion mode? Well, 11 to 25 is already gone, isn't it? Yeah. So put it in that area or more, maybe 25 to 50, 26 to 50 is my bet. And yeah. Like, and- it won't surprise me at all if a third of the ter- of the whole roster turns over. Yeah. And here's my hot take, though, is that I don't know that a third of the roster needs to turn over. I, I like there's there's talent on this roster. There's no coaching. Now, I think the offensive side of the ball, it's fair to say there is not. Talent. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't, there is glimpses. But yeah, it, I mean, I, I guess yeah, I think some of the grading out on uh, Ethan Boyd, who's been in backup duty at tackle has been better than Spencer Brown, but Spencer Brown, for whatever reason, is going to get the start at right tackle again. Like, uh, questions. Yeah. Next from Mike Jones, will there be a better 90 second sequence this season than the one from the Hillsdale exhibition? Absolute disgust with Steven for the step back three air ball by two feet, which was fun. And then to the smile and almost looking choked up more than, Almost looking choked up. I mean, sincerely choked up when he hit two free throws. I here's the thing. We're all going to remind ourselves that this Tennessee game doesn't count. Because it's an exhibition, which means, unfortunately. Unfortunately, Stephen Izzo's free throws also still don't count. Still don't count. So uh, Penn State, we'll see you soon. Who wants to pronounce this next one? Uh, Dewantis, Dewantice, Dewantice asks, "What week will Urban Meyer start?" Do you see Comp? No. What's he peddling now? Comp saying they're talking money. Comp saying they're talking money. 
Plum, all right, Plum, here's our, here's my question for you. If? If, and it's not going to happen. I know, but if. But if they hired Urban Meyer, what's your reaction going to be on the first pod after? Let's say, let's say Urban Meyer also says, let's say Urban Meyer says things you want to hear from Urban Meyer, which well, won't but- happen, also, which also <laughs> won't happen. <laughs> but let's say he says, look, Hey, I've made some mistakes in the name of winning before. I appreciate the Michigan. No, no, I don't know. I don't even want that. No, 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 no. I don't even want that. I don't know about that. He has, he has one thing he has to say. I want to thank the coaching staff at this school for their service. That's all he's got to say. That's all he's got to say. If he says that one thing, I will give him a season. I'll give him a season. I will forget everything else. At this point, ladies and gentlemen, I have resigned myself to the reality that whoever comes, and I don't care, it could be Hitler. Okay? Let's just let's just say it. Hey, he's been established in the he's stadium. He's been now. established at the stadium. He has big Ten connections. He is an entity at Spartan Stadium. As long as every single one of those stealing motherfuckers is no longer affiliated with this school and this football program, I don't fucking care who coaches us. Because, and this is, I, I literally mean this. And I'm, Jared Bear, I think you're the only one who's probably going to be this disappointed with me. But. No, everyone's disappointed in you. But continue. No one cares about me enough to be disappointed in me. <laughs> I, that at this point, Urban's moral and ethical failures cannot be worse than the ineptitude embodied by the current coaching regime. And so if it's an either or, and I know it isn't necessarily, but if it were, there can be no question. It has to be Urban Meyer. I, I think that I will say this about Urban though, it, that I think a lot of folks like him because he's available now. Yeah. Like, you know, Mike Elko, popular name, right. Is not going to take the job today today because right, yep. he's coaching. Yep. And what we all crave to Plum's point about the ineptitude, is to be like, okay, you guys are all gone. Yeah. Yep. Right? Like, we're not so, doing any more of these eight minute get ready or do an onside kick yep. right. things. This isn't happening anymore. Yeah. So, uh, and just for the record, it, it can't be Hitler. I, I don't want Hitler. I, I don't accept Hitler. Thank you. All right. just well, revise <laughs> earlier stated. Yep. Next up from Inizo We Trust, how many beers does it take to make me forget about Jay Johnson? I don't think that many beers exist. They don't. I have not forgotten, and I tried. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the number of coaches that we can list off of ineptitude over the years that, like, Jay Johnson has joined the pantheon of coaches that we – Jay Johnson and Ross – well, Ross Ells is already there. He's like – when Jay Johnson walked up the steps of the pantheon of coaches we all hate, Ross Ells was there with the light behind him reaching down, just like, come, Jay. I think it's me. so bad that, honestly, if they had said, Jay's out, John L's in. Fine. I I might have said, good. He we wants the money. We know that. <laughs> he does need the money. Uh, John L. Smith, I don't think, ever went two and fucking nine. So... Uh... I don't think we, I don't remember a season this bad ever. ever. I mean, we are really staring down a Harlan Barnett that does not win as a head coach. Correct. Which, no, I don't think it happens. Me for him. It, that yeah. does hurt me for him. Not me. Listen, 
This is a meritocracy. You win when you're good. He's not good. That's He's not good. He is made. He has made decisions for that sure. have resulted in him losing. That is fair. That's fair. And, that and, is and, absolutely and, fair. And let's just say, and these decisions aren't even just game decisions. What, what I'm talking about is his. Yeah. He, he doesn't have the knack for leadership. That it's not an indictment. It's a truth. So no, Alex. It's oh, no more Mr. Night Sky anymore yeah, over there. Yeah. He's implemented a new system yeah. where if guys aren't positive and yep. don't write affirmations for each other, yep. he will sit down and have a stern talking to stern talking to. This is like people who are like, I, I, it's it's the whole. I, I'm gonna. It's a diatribe. But I, I, it in the pandemic, you, folks who've been listening for a long time will remember that, that the thing I decried the most during the pandemic was the anti-vaxxers who were like, well, I, I just, I need to do my research. Yeah. No, you're, you're not a biochemist. You, you, you don't, you don't have it. the capacity to okay. do the research. For I you. can't fly a jet. All right. <laughs> I can't do it. There's not a, there's not a how to fly a Boeing 737 for dummies. So I don't know how. All right, Harlan Burnett doesn't know how to be a head coach. He doesn't. He might know things about football. There's no doubt he does. He certainly knows a hell of a, hell of a lot more than I do, but he doesn't know how to be a head coach. Okay, so I don't feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Ignominious. This is on Alan Haller. He had other options. He did. And this was the wrong one. Temperament, knowledge, in-game scenarios, F- fucking sack anything no so well that onside kick sack yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next up from s shardy thirty thousand seventy two. uh number one and we don't have any more that's my bad no, no, we do s. shardy oh we do Oh, you're putting them in there? Okay. Oh, look uh, at you. No, you just didn't push enter. Oh, I just didn't bring it down. What basketball games are you guys going planning on going to? I'm planning on Champions Classic, Fantastic, at Northwestern, and Illinois at home. Oh, at Northwestern. Good for you, sis. Yeah, those are good games. Those Go are to good the games. at Northwestern game. Um, My buddy texted me and said, hey, do you want to split some package or his own thing? It might have been an offset. Anyway, by the time I got the text, within an hour, they'd already all sold out. So we didn't. Uh, uh, I'm going to say it, just just putting this out there for you two. I'm looking at December 18th and 21st, Oakland and Stony Brook. Because I could make, I could probably make both those games. Uh, They're close enough in proximity. Okay. we will um, have just gotten home from our honeymoon, so that's an, an iffy for yours truly. But and then January fourteenth and eighteenth, uh, Rutgers in Minnesota. I could probably make it out for. I want. I want to do a lot of games this year. That's that's yeah. something I to do. Let's take a look. Uh, but as Shardy, we'll see you there. Stay in touch. Stay and number touch. two, well, will you guys talk about head coaching candidates or wait until they're more defined? I think There's that's the latter. Better podcast. Better podcast for that. This no. is not this podcast. I mean, we'll get into it when there's something actually to get into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When we did the Mel Tucker search, it was. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. But there were clear, clear because the board couldn't keep their mouth shut. Bill Beekman in his ill-fitting suits. Listen, we've talked a lot about those baggy pants. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up from at Kapsky. Uh, how many coaches are keeping their slots and how many deserve it? Uh, it, the answer is zero and zero. 
I do, I will say, hear, hear me out. I'm going to continue to keep a question mark on Hawkins. What about because, like an Ephraim Reed or something like that? What do we think about an Ephraim Reed? Uh, if he can keep carry as a recruit, then yeah, I, I think that matters. Do we subscribe to this have a coach on staff just for one guy in recruiting idea? Do we subscribe to this? I mean, I, I look at, again, I think Courtney Hawkins likely is a is a pretty good football coach. You'll note that Montori Foster and Trey Mosley are both D'Antonio guys. Mm. Um, and, and there is good young talent there, potentially, potentially. Uh, and yeah, I think Nick Marsh might be, like, if you had Keon Coleman on this team, you have to admit this team would be better with Keon Coleman on it. Yeah. We, I, think yeah we under, we I think we underestimated by a lot how many wins Keon Coleman would have gotten this team. Correct. I, I think we were wrong about... That, I think that's the most Keon wrong Coleman. thing we've ever been about anything on this podcast. Um, Can we put in a word maybe for Jim Salgado and the cornerbacks? Like, they are taking a step forward. I know that the numbers are bad. I don't, but, think, that's, I don't think that's their fault. Like, yeah. for the once, I'm like actually like, no, the defense is okay. Yeah. To to good, uh, and also most effective coach on the on the roster, Ted mm. Gilmore, tight ends, because tight Ted. ends such high impact on the game. Parachek got his, got to play. By the he way. did. We saw a reception from Brennan Parachek. Um, next up from Beth Amaro, uh, you reach granted one wish, which will come true between now and the end of the season. What is your wish and why? Ooh. Ooh. Nick Saban says, I have unfinished business. Uh, they're questioning him down in Tuscaloosa. So Perfect. Perfect. Because you know what? He might still go to the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I like I that one. Uh, Plum, if what I, do you got? Um, I, I assume she's talking football season. But I was going to actually say, I'm assuming this is basketball and Natty. And I don't, yeah. I don't have to explain. <laughs> yeah. Because, yes, that. I will take that. Uh, but if not, I will just take that uh, the coaches all go on a retreat and uh, there's quicksand. And that's I it. thought you were going to say the plane goes down. Quicksand for all the coaches. <laughs> just quicksand. And they're all so dumb. They would, both, they would all try helping each Bro, other. They would all be helping each other and fighting. <laughs> Struggle, guys. You can do it. You're all strong. <laughs> Real football guy mentality. Yeah. Uh, this one's for Jones. I'm going to say, what's your favorite Harlan Barnett quote of the week? I'm assuming that she's talking about my impressions of you talking about <laughs> Harlan Barnett. Please, what's, what's your latest? What do you got? Harlan Barnett is, is very serious now. Uh, they're going to uh, ask guys if they did the reading uh, at the beginning of each, of each practice. And if they haven't, they'll be instructed to go to the hall and not come back into the room until the reading has been done because this is serious now. This is serious business. Um, can I say my favorite quote for him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go 4-0 and in November. Let's. I That's like this one. his answer to the first question. I'm a natural encourager. <laughs> That's who I am. I'm always thinking in positive lights. I told them we have one more game in Spartan Stadium, the Woodshed. 
the seniors' last game oh. against a team we should be able to compete against. No, not even beat. Oh, <laughs> you stupid son of a bitch. And Just also, a team we should be able to compete against. Oh, you are setting the fucking bar on also, the ground. To reopen old wounds, why are there two more games in Spartan Stadium this season? <laughs> Honestly, that might have been the most savvy move of all, though. Because yeah. at least, because no one's going to that game if it's in Spartan Stadium. Yeah, No one's going no. to that game if the team has two wins. Penn State mm. fans will. Yeah. Uh, we should get their gates. We should get their gates. Yeah. Next up from Thick Sikowskis. Stauskas. How lucky is MSU that Tucker was dumb enough to get fired for cause? Uh, we've kind of speculated this. That God exists. It's the only definitive proof I've ever seen. Uh, but it, <laughs> and, if, and Plum is a man of faith. He's I'm a man of you, cloth. Listen, if you don't believe in God yet, you're dumber than you are stupid because there's nothing, nothing else can explain it. This is the subject of all of his, uh, all of his sermons. Uh, all since, of them. Actually, the flock is starting to be like, does he have anything is else? He, is there He's anything like else? Really yeah. tied up on this. Really good at proof texting this shit. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Next up, Mama Believe. Hello, Susan. Thank you for your kind sentiments warmly received with love. All right. First, Sam was electric on the field as a thrower and a runner. That is a quote from John Eagle, the head coach of West Lynn High School, saying about Levitt. He for sure is the straw that stirs the drink for what we do offensively. He has taken quick control of our offense and has led us with remarkable skill. Do you agree? Uh, Mom, I believe I didn't watch any of the Westland High School film. You'll be interested to know. Yeah, is is she referring to the high school the high school team? Like, probably. If you have a four star quarterback, I would bet he stirs the drink for you on offense in almost all cases. But um, if you're asking, do I think he's that for Michigan State, Mamapoli? Which is, I think, what you're asking. I think he's a better thrower by a lot and a better runner by a lot. I don't know that there's enough on this team for it to matter. Yeah. I will say that it was the first time in that game. I felt like my drink was being stirred when he (laughs) finally got out on the field. You felt stirred in other ways. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Uh, Next up from a mop belief. Seems that we all have extra time on our hands. So I did some decluttering today, which is not just organizing. Which one of these barriers keeps you from decluttering? Well, that's a big assumption um, and offensive, but uh, A, items that have sentimental value. B, you don't know where to send them. Or C, you are looking at it as a big project. It's B. Uh, the answer wanna, is D, I... too lazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm inclined to just throw things away, and uh, there's a limited space in the bin. Also, Jason did a lot of decluttering today. So get yourself a declutterer. Is Jason uh, not overly sentimental towards things? Correct. Today, he finally made me throw away the rocket ship uh, cup that I kept as a novelty item from when I went and saw the interview at the uh, movie theater. That was the one about the North Koreans. Yeah, no, I know. That made it to movie theaters? I thought it was released only on Crackle. No, and I kept the rocket ship cup. For more years than I, uh, I care to admit. 
I think MGMT can, is making a lot more sense now. I think Next. we can figure it out. I think Question. we can do the math. Eric Ozanich <laughs> asks, I don't care how it's pronounced, uh, give me one good reason to go to the game next weekend. You will see Plum and I there. Yes! Get a melting moments with us. Come yeah. through. Also, yeah. you're a Spartan, man. That's what we suffer. That's what yeah, we do. Yeah, that's what we do. We're good at it. As we've said before, these are the times that you earn your medal. Mm-hmm. We, we will complain loudly here. We'll be very it. unhappy. And there. Every, every dumb be, Saturday, I'll feel stupid again because I will I, be watching and believing. I, I might bring a megaphone just so that I can boo Harlan Barnett. Next up from the Ashiest Joe, there's another head coach with most, multiple national championships that might be interested in a change of scenery. If Dabo was on the market, do you make the call? No. 100%. No. Yes. No, 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 no. And here's why. There are questions about whether Urban Meyer can compete in the modern landscape of NIL in the transfer portal. Fair questions to ask about Urban Meyer. But those might be proven. It's yeah. proven because he's like, no NIL, no transfer portal. He's an idiot. He is dumber than he is stupid, as you would say, Plum. Yeah, he does appear that he's just not changing at yeah. all. No, Even Mark D'Antonio would have been like, I don't like it. I'm going to call my guy Scandalaris and Scandalaris only. How about this? <laughs> Next up from Dan, or uh, Ashiest Joe, uh, what do Alan Heller's other MSU coaching hires tell us about how he might approach the new football coach? Uh, he'll go to, he's... yeah, I mean, his, his, where he has been successful, he is poached from uh, highly competent Division II teams uh, ready, for the, ready for the step up into prime time. And well, for Knights, is, Knights looked exactly like like Danton Cole part two yeah. by uh, by resume, but he's just not. So, yeah, he's made the truth is he's made some good hires. Well, yeah, but so his cool. other hires, his, his softball hire, which we'll see. I think it's really hard to win at softball at Michigan State. Yeah, uh, but uh, soccer hires have been great. Volleyball great. coach seems to be elite uh, yep. or building towards something. In yep. a in a tough conference to be elite in, correct. Um, and Robin Freilich, we'll we'll see. But there's some she's got some heat on the recruiting trail right now. Yep. Um, and so I think he looks to people who have built some modicum of of consistency at a yep. lower level, dominated on a on a consistent basis. And and by the way, these have all been external hires. So yep. and I think if anything, we can look at the time he looked at Alan Haller as a friend, as a bud, as a dude. Probably looked at the a talent. I, I'm hoping. God, please let this be true. Alan Hiller was like, Let's, no one. Urban Meyer couldn't come in and salvage this team. No one could come in and salvage this team. You're saying Harlan Barnett. No, no, I'm saying no one can. Urban couldn't. So why not just give it to Harlan? Because he's a nice guy. And he's. this is going to be the one shot he ever gets. Yep. This is it. He's. They've all made more money than they ever should have. So they've got their nest eggs. Off into the sunset with you, and we reset in the fall. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alan or uh, Harlan Barnett, truly no chance of ever being a head coach anywhere else ever again. Next up from Thomas Zambiasi, uh, or nope. no, Dan Helpepper. Dan Helpepper. Can I have one of uh, the real Upper Deck Jerk Guys questions? He said he was busy sketching the Duma scene from nope. the Belvedere. I don't know this reference. Uh, and since we don't know the reference, no, you may not. Next up from Dan Helpepper, I'm sure it's sacrilege and too early, and it's dumb to even think, but do you think that Levitt maybe has a little Drew Stanton to him? Uh, he's got a little riverboat gambler. He's got a little... 
He, he kind of saunters on down the field when he when he pulls it. Oh my god! I actually don't hate that comp. We've also, Drew. I know you're out there. Earmuffs, buddy. We've seen maybe some better throws from Sam Levitt than we had seen from Drew at this point. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what we haven't seen is Sam get hurt on special teams because he was out there trying to make a tackle. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's time. There's with Ross Isles at the helm. There is time. Next up, Thomas Ambiasi, Michael Jones. What's the funniest possible outcome for the rest of the football season? Uh, <laughs> the funniest one would have been it, beating Michigan and losing to everyone else. Mm-hmm. No, it, I think the the funniest at this point in time is to beat Ohio State and for Ohio State to beat Michigan. Mm. And somehow that still makes Michigan win the Big Ten East. Like that, in, in terms of funny, like, LOL, we're, we're swimming in misery at this point in time. Yeah. yeah. Like, to, to get a meaningful win that, frankly, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? And it to net benefit Michigan would be silly. Yep. That would be that some would be pain it. Olympics. Um, yep. Wow. Yep. I hate yep. you for putting that in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, I'd rather just lose to Ohio State at this point. Um, next from Thomas. Uh, watching volleyball as I write this, can we make Izzo shadow Coach Johnson to learn how to call timeouts to halt an opponent's run? This is funny because I, t- I texted you guys yeah. this today. Yeah, you did. He could learn Rick from Rick Barnes. Barnes. How to do it. Rick Barnes, it was two points. Rick Barnes was like, oh, I know where this is going. Eh, Which I thought shit. was interesting. What's the, in an exhibition, what's the point? Like, isn't that when you want the other team no. to go to run and see how your guys mm-hmm. respond? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, that's when you practice your hand motion. As we said last year, Tom started doing this, not just in the postseason, but in the regular season too. Mm-hmm. Like there were, there have been times where we've actually seen him start to do it. Yeah. Uh, but way to watch uh, volleyball, Thomas. I'm proud of you. Attaboy. Attaboy. Next up from Spartan 18770, Plum. Uh, people say that defense is the defense is playing well, but we can but can we give up 200 yards to go for running back? How is it both? But we gave up 200 I, yards there. I yeah. messed up. But yeah, we gave it's up right. 200 yards yeah. to the go for running back. How is it both? We did give up 200 yards. That was not good. Uh, no good about that. I think I think the point uh, everything everything is a comparator. Okay, this team. Uh, I don't know how to. It's just this. The defense wasn't the problem. The defense wasn't the fucking problem this week. Okay, and since they weren't the problem, they were playing well. It's all it's all comparative. Someone had to do better than someone else, and therefore, by some meaningless definition, they did well. So I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's probably someone else that can say Cal Halliday. I say Cal Halliday didn't have the worst day of his life. Is that good? No, I guess. Not. Yeah, we'll take it under the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, uh, and go ahead, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Last up from Spartan eighteen seven seven zero. If Urban is hired, how many recruits who decommitted will recommit? Well, unfortunately, I think we've lost one to Oklahoma, but yeah. uh, maybe a few. I don't know. A couple. I think. I think that certainly raises eyebrows from everybody. Yeah. If he gets hired, that's, um, I mean, I'm not comp. So that's an extraordinary if, as far as I'm concerned. Correct. Next up from the upper deck jerk guy is plum still plump or did he take his spouse's name? (laughs) I'm still plum. 
I almost hyphenated it and then decided not to at the last minute. <laughs> just at like literally with the with the certificate in front of you, just like, no, I can't. I was still thinking about it. We were, we were both going to do it or neither going to do it. And in retrospect, we should have just done it because we didn't have to. We could have legally done it and then still just never told anybody. But alas. Oh, well. We didn't do it. It won't change your life in any meaningful way. Uh, and then Jonesy uh, from the Epidech Jerk Guy, did Keon know this would happen? No. I got wind of the that. Brenda Tracy thing, put it all together. Maybe he I, was I, the I leak. S- Maybe I assume he knew that it was not going to be great. I assume he knew that. But I don't know. It's like impossible to fault him at this point. Like as upset as I was when he transferred, like I just can't mm-hmm. gather myself to be upset with him now. No, 100% correct. Uh, next up from Carl, you do too much, bro. If Plum can find love, then why can't <laughs> we find competent coordinators at any phase of the game? I understand the relation there. Yeah. Belated congrats, by the way. But seriously, how did we end up with three homeless charlatans stealing our goddamn money in front of a live national audience? Yeah, we're three gormless charlatans that would be happy to take even a fraction of this money. And we don't even have a national audience. So we have an international audience. I'll thank you very much. Yeah. My my Nepali listens don't count. Someone's on a VPN, buddy. We got international listens. All right. Um, Uzbekistan is clocking in lately. Uh, next up, uh, CV Bagel. Uh, if one were to skip the next four games, what is a new hobby, skill, or activity you could make a fair bit of progress on? Let's, let's estimate three and a half hours by four games. It's 14 hours dedicated towards something useful. I recommend picking up watching sports. They humble you. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say drink the Amador whiskey. It's delicious. Damage your liver with this time. Damage That's your productive. Oh, you can watch sports and damage your liter- liver at the same time. Here, that here. is a thing that happens. CV Bagel, let's all be honest with ourselves. Everyone hosting and listening to this podcast is not going anywhere. We're going to continue to subject ourselves mm-hmm. to this. To the misery. Yep. Yep, we uh, will. Just give in to the sweet release of death. Uh, next up for Mike Jones at three and the hook. How? And more importantly, why? This is a consistent question. Yeah, for the last I was going to say weeks. carrying the mantle for this no. question. No answer. <sighs> I, it, it, we're, we're passing the point of explanation. Yeah. 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 Truly yep, yep, just yep, yep, yep. blundering. Next up from the MSU dude, what am I going to do for the next four game, the next four game days? You're going to watch. Yep. You're going to watch because you, you're, you're the MSU dude. Listen, you can't be the at MSU dude and not fucking tune in to these non-dudes clown penis around on the fucking field. We've, we've not discussed the fact that there are no dudes and no guys on, not on this football team. Not one. Yeah. Well, maybe Sam Levitt. Maybe TBD for for two drives and an interception and a fumble. But uh, even that interception looked better than any throw Kaden Hauser threw. Uh, yeah. At that time, I wasn't even bothered. I was I was so dead inside. I was like, I was oh, like, he really tried there to like fit it in the window yeah. and get a touchdown. He tried there. Yeah. Next up from uh, the Jer Bear, 
Number one, so the televised scrimmage is cool, but there's no way it doesn't actually impact perceptions of MSU today versus Tennessee, right? It's a good question. I, I think that's right. I, I Listen, you're going to do a nationally televised uh, P5 exhibition. People are watching this. Maui the good like news this. is, like, there's going to be – there's there's high-profile games coming up anyway. Correct. doesn't really matter. We got Champions Classic and whatever else. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, next up, do you expect Simeon Barrow back next season? Not necessarily. I don't. I have no expectations that anybody. For anybody. Correct. Yep. Um, yeah. I agree. And then finally, have Graham on again. Let him run up his numbers as return guest. Oh, a question. Jones is short. <laughs> Jones so has a long life expectancy. Someone's just ah, lashing out it. right now. Yeah, He's just, just so upset. Yeah, I might be short, but you've never seemed so small, Jer. Uh, oh, next up, is Nate C. Personal response. Why are people still watching the football team? I understand you guys have to, the pod, but why are people still doing it? Uh, you know, why Why does Stockholm Syndrome exist? Why do people do Munchausen by proxy? Mental illness is a real phenomenon. I would be, if we didn't do the pod, I would still be watching. Tra- I wouldn't. Uh, trauma, I would absolutely not be. Trauma is a real phenomenon. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's football, though. I just think people like to do that on Saturdays. Get a beer, make some chili, you know, whatever. Uh, last up from Nate C. Hey, one last quick one. If you go to an away game and the home team gets a penalty because the fans are throwing snowballs, would you stop? I'm pretty sure I'd double down. This happened, Colorado State. Yeah. Uh, against against the Cardinal. And uh, yes, the referees assessed an unsportsmanlike penalty against the bench uh, for this. I, let me just say... Uh, it, uh, this is why you can't serve alcohol in stadia because you absolutely would double down. Most assholes would. Uh, and stadia, you're welcome. We're going to let, no, let that go. No, you didn't. You didn't let it go. And you this were right now. Google games. No, that was a question. Fan. We're going to let this one go. Um, uh, but I will say as in my former refereeing days, I have absolutely penalized team benches for dumb shit that their uh, that their fans Top. do. Yep, yep, I did. And I stand by it. Nothing more powerful than exerting your authority yeah. over a bunch of. You should run for the board. Yeah. Next up, <laughs> Tyrone Couch. One, I still love this football team. Also, masochist. Oh, I. This is too many lines. It's. I'm not reading this. It, the the bit is he's a masochist, and then he yes. defines masochism uh, for us. And yes. indeed, you must be one of those to continue yes. to subject yourself to yes. this. To, yes. to the love in particular is the part. Like, okay. I love Michigan State. Do I love this football team? Oh, and next up, rant of the week, drunk drivers that race and rear end people that are stopped at a light. I no longer have a car, and I may be sore as of time of this pod post. My city is number one most dangerous in the nation, according to State Farm. Awesome. At least I'm blessed with such low interest rates. Uh, that's First a of all, hope bummer. Yeah, yeah sorry, I hope you're dude. recovering okay. Yeah. Is he in Detroit? Are you in Detroit too? No. No, he's in Tennessee. Oh, he's, not- oh, he's in Tennessee. And also, bad news on interest rates. If you're is he in Memphis? For another car. Gotta be Memphis, right? 
If it's I mean, the number one most dangerous right. city, it's got to be Memphis. Uh, well, for, for drunk driving. Oh, 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 for drunk driving. Well, it doesn't say that. It just says my city number one most dangerous in the nation. I assume San Francisco is winning the uh, my car got damaged contest. Correct. Yes, uh, that's right. So. But that doesn't generally cause pain. Uh, sorry, dude. Get better and fuck. That sucks ass. Yeah, very sorry, my dude. Uh, yeah. But yes, it's not even a rant. Folks, don't drink and drive. Yeah, yeah, just don't be a piece of shit. My God. When you drink and drive, Ubers, you, you make Harlan Barnett look competent. Smart. All right, next up, the Keith Ski. Why would anyone live in the South? Plum. Tyrone, talk to us. Yeah, Tyrone, you got a reason? Well, some good schools, at least a good school. Harvard of the South. Harvard of the South. Listen, if you went, if you lived in Florida, uh, you're, you might live in Florida because you like you want a governor who wears uh, heel heels who wears lifts inside of his yep. cowboy boots yep. so maybe you like that it's cool i'm into it uh last up from the kiski are you about something stupid like the best pizza place or something to distract me from this year i think we argued about whether cohen Carr was good and i yeah. can't imagine a dumber argument i could have possibly had yeah so He's we can also do a uh, favorite part of plum's wedding go mm. Definitely the lays and the fireworks. Oh yeah, yeah, that was no, great. no, no. Sorry, the singing where half of the wedding was boxed out, oriented towards you, and we were just like specifically excluded. Half of them turned around, pointed at Jones, and I were like, "You two, no." And they just and you guys, us and, oh, oh, you guys didn't even come to Friday night. You didn't even come to Friday night. Was it worse? Oh. <laughs> was there an acapella set of Hail to the Victors or it something? It was an acapella. They, they, did a, they did a musical performance on Friday night as well. Uh-huh. And, and then I attended it, that. Was I invited to the next one? And I was like, and I, even the guy who wrote the, or he didn't write, because the, the second one was just a Chuki song that we all knew because we all learned it while we were there. Um, but when he went up, I, I, he looked at me and I was already like, stop it. Do not sing another fucking song. Like these people are not here to listen to you sing a song to me. Uh, their hearts are pure. You know, I was honored by it, but I did feel bad for all of the guests. Snowy white pure. Pure as the driven snow, my friend. It's <laughs> the driven snow. <laughs> Next up, John. I've been given a bad time to Plum's wedding. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was so much fun. <laughs> didn't this really help you get that unpalatable taste out of your mouth? Talking right about an mouth. event that you weren't at, <laughs> but you were invited to. You were invited to it. If you could have somehow found your way there, there would have. Well, we were actually running out of alcohol by that point, but you would have been welcome. Oh, the fireball you guys was a nice touch, by the way. For nice you, yeah. and I did a shot of it. I did a shot. It was the only shot I did all night. Was a fireball. Yeah, so. it's your fault. Uh, all of the, all of my charmingness that near the end of the evening is uh, your to thank for that. Uh-huh. Uh With all the well, after you, shots. after you flipped off my mother before she walked me down the aisle. <laughs> you know, it was really only upside from there. So. Greg right. judged me hard because I slammed a drink on the way down the elevator to get to your wedding. <laughs> And I shot it as we were walking, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, John Hubbard. Nice. One question, Kevin Greck if you could have the original, which would you take, Mel's brand style guide or Stallion's 600 page manifesto? I would take the style guide, yeah, absolutely. Style guide, no yeah. doubt, because that manifesto, 
You're going to jail. It's a mess. It's a mm-hmm. mess. Yeah. Uh, written well. A lot of Mein Kampf quotes. Not yep. good. A lot of copy paste from other Michigan manifestos. Uh, next up from Ali, uh, I'm working on a kitchen remodel now. What are your thoughts on matching the brand of appliances and why is this coaching staff possibly the dumbest one on the planet in any sport? He snuck in multiple questions, which I'll give him credit for. Uh, I will say matching brand of appliances, probably not worth it. You're probably better off. Yes finding what you want in each mm-hmm. different appliance and then making yep. sure that they kind of look cohesive. Although is that even a necessity these days that it's like all one material? Are I you asking know. for yourself? Oh, I am I'm partially asking for myself. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, but I will tell you that I feel drawn to choose to like, I feel drawn to brand loyalty. So like it's only really? oh yeah I don't know why it's all Gen Air for me I, it's not but I well, you know that's what I feel but I but I know I can't and I know that I won't because I'll just go to the um, wire cutter on the New York Times and they'll tell me what I have to buy. I home. mean for us it's all Viking you know for each mm-hmm. of our homes but this is for the other people that were yeah the rest yeah yeah if you can find a bundle at Home Depot or wherever yeah oh yeah Home Depot items. for sure yeah that's right. Or Sears. Uh, and so and this Sears. is the dumbest uh, on the planet. And then finally from Ali, since the season has been a wash since the Iowa game, what kind of weird shenanigans are you rooting for this year, knowing that none of this matters and that four billion years from now, the sun will go nova and swallow the earth? I'm going to answer that question in a way you don't care. I watched... Knock at knocking at the door, knocking at the cabin. It's a M Night Shyamalan movie. It's out on Netflix Great. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Prime maybe. Fantastic. And really. Very much is the sun going nova and swallowing up the earth. So highly recommend. And you know, hey, those are some weird shenanigans in that movie. Maybe I should uh, recreate some of them in real life. Uh, Harbaugh getting fired would give me great joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe the sun would decide not to swallow up the earth. Maybe the sun would feel like, eh, maybe they do, do get think, it right down there every once in a while. You think if they fire Harbaugh that they'll revert back to the we wanted him fired anyway? Oh, there will for be sure. something. Yes. But also, right. they're not going to fire Harbaugh. They're not going to fire Harbaugh. No, There's no way. Yeah. <sighs> Gentlemen, Hoops is back. Thank God. Unfortunately, we have to suffer through one more week without it, but we have games to preview next week. And we'll preview them just as well as this week's game. God help us. We'll try harder for basketball, right? We'll, yes. We'll, we'll pull up the Ken Palm. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, look, we're going to watch next week. It's going to be fun. We'll hate ourselves some more. But until then, as always, go green. Go white! Go white! <laughs> <laughs>